When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Audible, and you listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we bring you the blurst of times. I am your host Bob Mackey and I brought my own mic and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Ah, king of painful dentistry, Chris Antista. <laughs> uh, Henry Gilbert and after this podcast I'll be socially unpopular. More so. <laughs> And today's episode is Last Exit to Springfield. Dental plan! Lisa needs braces. Dental plan! Lisa needs braces. Dental plan! <laughs> Lisa needs braces. Wow. Uh, and this episode aired on March 11th, 1993, and Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real life history. Cult leader David Koresh declares war on federal agents surrounding his compound. Beavis and Butthead is pulled off the air uh, for production delays. Yes. And impotent white rage tops the box office with Michael Douglas's falling down. Falling down. I don't <laughs> know how... Okay, I, here's the thing. It's weird. I enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. It makes a really bad argument, but there's a lot of fun scenes. There are. <laughs> These were actually used. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the guy does a bunch of stuff throughout that movie. It's about it's about a guy who goes insane yes. based on the, the plight of the white working man in America, mm-hmm. everybody. Am I right? Mm-hmm. He goes insane on several instances and some of them you're like he's a little sketchy but in the end he kills a nazi so i think we're supposed to forgive him well, for everything that's how he does they, i mean that's how they define it like well he's not a nazi how do we yeah. know he kills a nazi and says i disagree with you yeah like, i would have got you but he goes on this rant of like there's so much wrong with the world this golf course you should be playgrounds and there's like a really long scene like this fast food doesn't look like the pictures yeah <laughs> this coke costs too much <laughs> it was well it was what if the complaints of a stand-up in the 80s became <laughs> Yeah. He became a militant uh, white man. I can't understand the guy in the drive-thru uh, speaker. What's, what's the deal with this? And he pulls but, out a gun. I mean, it is, a, it is a very striking picture of, you know, Michael Douglas with the cropped, very tight haircut. Yeah. Uh, short sleeve shirt with a, with a tie in the, mm. in the briefcase. The movie, I think, really, what really saves it for me is what could be cut out completely. It's the story of Officer McLaste on the job. <laughs> it's literally the biggest cliche in every cop movie, and it's happening throughout. It's and what I always think. I got a little 
little lake house, going to do some fishing. Like, yeah. shut up. <laughs> Jesus. Meanwhile, Beavis and Butthead, is this, this isn't for fire or for the... It's the only reason I mentioned it. Fraud, I know we talk a right? lot about man- animation is that I forgot that Beavis and Butthead succumbed to that as well. Like, yeah. not being able to get things done on time. And I think they started airing episodes and realized they were going to have to... We're not getting any more. Yeah, and Mike mm-hmm. Judge famously hates a lot of the really early ones, and they mm-hmm. are bad. And yeah. he won't mm-hmm. let them be available on any format. He's like, burn them. I do believe that changed. I, I think they announced a complete set finally. That has really? the movie, yeah. the most recent weird, weirdo season, 15 years after the, the last there, one. There was this one set in like 2005. It was called The History of Abuse and Butthead. Yep. And Mike Judge had it pulled off the shelves because it had a lot of uh, shorts and sketches and uh, bits that he did not like. I'm sure he's wow. less precious given how little money is left to make <laughs> off these characters. That's true. That's true. He's got mm-hmm. the King of the Hill fortune, well, though, he's baby. Got, he Silicon never Valley. needs money again. Yeah. Man. I love Mike Judge. Let I love him. I, I love Abuse and Butthead. Yes. Yeah. I. Even though we're living in idiocracy now, and he, I feel like he rotted upon us. We just him. talked about it on 30, 2010, Beavis and Butthead, just, Do America just turned 20. Oh, I love that movie. Really funny and yeah. on Netflix right now. Okay, I will it's watch so that tonight, I think. Speaking of a really funny episode, <laughs> let's, yeah. Hmm. This episode of Simpsons, as they mentioned many times on the commentary, mm-hmm. is often in top five or top ten lists of greatest episode of The Simpsons ever. At the time of recording, it was regularly at the top of those types of lists. This last exit to Springfield was. Mm. And I don't know. I I'm, I think I'm with you on this. Well, it is so wacky yeah. and so packed, like nonstop with jokes mm-hmm. that it hits so many of them perfectly. But yeah. it's not a story. No, the third like, act is like three minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> the third act is actually very weak. But I don't know. I still, I, it's obviously amazing. With yeah. Great direction. Well, I don't I, want to complain. I feel like it's still a great episode, probably in the top 20, maybe top sure. 15 for me. But there are so many episodes in season four I like a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what makes what pushes this over the edge for a lot of people. I think it's well because it has taken on a life of its own. Like so many yeah. things in this episode are now memed and remixed and that is true and put into a ton of stuff. But I I think this is not so much a in terms of coherence is not a great episode, but is mm-hmm. filled with moments and is one of the best cartoons. I've ever seen The Simpsons yeah, put it out. It is super cartoon. Sometimes it feels like a Halloween special. Because well, it's of like, like how many... movie reference into movie reference yeah. into movie yeah. reference. Like, it doesn't take a breath. Mm-hmm. It's just... And uh, this episode is credited to Kogan and Walidarsky. It's mm-hmm. their last episode. They left the series after that. But I we've said it on previous ones. I yeah. feel pretty certain that conan o'brien is the rewriter my so henry i was i was a conan truther like you uh but on the commentary they specifically mentioned things that they each wrote uh so maybe conan rewrote a lot of it like this was their last script and they were not on the show after this but then al g mentions i think in the clip show commentary that like even he was not doing the final edits on episodes towards the end of season four (laughs) Uh, that was like merkin's crew cleaning it up and editing it and things like that so that's true because well, like when you say the final cut, you mean the Merkin team that who's writing season five is then doing the last edit on season yeah. four just to get the the audio ready. They're doing post production, so mm-hmm. they're making a lot of choices that are affecting these episodes. So I feel like once these were all written, everyone moved on, including Algina Mike Reese. And I also feel like there are like eight there are eight funny lines in here that I'm just like, well, no, you read that mouth doesn't fit mm-hmm. at all. There's a lot of them. This. There's a whole lot. Of I notice them even more now that I'm doing the show, and it's mm-hmm. really annoying. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh god, what was that line yeah, originally? I, I think I, I originally 
like chalk that up to like, well, the technology wasn't there, not mm-hmm. being reused animation, but you see it all the time yeah. now. And, and also, uh, hats off to Mark Kirkland. I don't think we give him enough credit. This is his episode. Yeah, and he did a great job. And uh, it's not just him, but I think uh, we don't shout him out enough uh, because a lot of, I mean, when you're working with like David Silverman and mm-hmm. Jim Reardon, it's hard to rise above the level they they set, the standard yeah, they set. I think this this is the best piece of animation mm-hmm. The Simpsons has put out. Even like Wes yeah. Archer and Rich Moore went Some on the best to bits, bigger yeah. things, and but meanwhile, like Kirkland's just been the steady hand of the Simpsons. He's the he's the John Schwartzwelder of the directors yeah, and he's yeah. directed the most episodes. Even John left though, so he's yeah. still sticking around. Kirkland still is at it. And I think yeah, he's underappreciated for that reason because he never left and he didn't do a different thing you could really appreciate and he wasn't the amazing animator that Dan uh the, the David Silverman yeah. is or Brad Bird or Rich Moore or Jim Reardon. When you're so, working with those guys you must just feel like shit every day, you know. Even so, if you are good. And also in today's uh, age of no non-unionized anything, mm-hmm. yes. it's, uh, it's funny to see unions at the center of a story. I have a lot to say about that. Let's uh, get started with... Uh, this episode has some thoughts on unions. Because the does. McBain bit is so well done. And it's it so is. violent and so visual that we can't even play a clip from it here. And Chris does not believe McBain is an ongoing story, no. but McBain is avenging Scoey's death. And this is Senator Mendoza. I know what you said before, Chris. Either explanation is fine, either theory works, but I want to believe they knew this and were planning this out a McBain story. This is the same Mendoza yeah. who he kills at the en- in the end of the movie in the Herb Powell episode. Yeah, but that it's the it- same itchy and scratchy in every episode. They're nah. cliches that follow beats. I'm Get just saying, Mendoza. <laughs> I, I agree with what I... I still believe what I said last time, which is that if the writers didn't care, the animators did, and they are animating yeah. the same movie. Yeah, it's somebody cared. Somebody cared. And they're already getting close to the point where there is a McBain film and they won't call him McBain for a while. They're gonna mm-hmm. have, they're gonna start calling him Raymir Wolfcastle. There By is the hundredth episode, that's when they're doing it. There's a Christopher Walken action movie called McBain and Rift Tracks right. has done it. It's worth <laughs> watching because it's awful. And I'm like, this is what robbed us of McBain? I forget this? that you can just do that. Like when someone eventually like wrote uh, Hamster Huey and the Gooey Kablooey. Oh. Because Bill Waters and everybody to copyright the the the, the parody thing on his on his comic strip, but you can do that too. So somebody did that. Yeah. Oh I wow. They, did. I had they no finally idea. wrote that book. And I love the under the radar line of ten times more addictive than marijuana. Yeah. That's yeah. such a great line because it's not addictive. That's the joke. People. <laughs> that was also a change joke. Another ADR line. I but noticed. it's a great line. It's a great line. I, I love it. That's one of the few that I'm like. I bet this is better than the one they replaced. Yeah. And as a kid, I probably believed that like marijuana is yeah. bad. I, I I don't know anything about unions other than what was in the Wire season two. Other <laughs> uh, in, in this, that is it. But the whole episode really does kick off almost a great transition to Burns laughing oh, so good I also want to say the uh, the McBain line of ice to see you ice to see you I wanted to double check Arnold does not say yeah. that in he do, he says all those ice puns in Batman and Robin but he doesn't much say worse that. I was going to ask that too the closest he has is Let's kick some ice. So, uh, I, I love McBain busting out of that impossibly small Venus de Milo sculpture. Like I didn't notice that was a joke this yeah. uh, until this time. I think. And then the line of nobody's really that evil. Too. It's great. This is also a mean I episode with like super violent mm-hmm. opening, and mm-hmm. then it's this. it's what the most violence I think I've seen on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems more like a Halloween episode. People. I've never seen that many frames of animation for someone getting murdered. Yes. And, they, and there's blood everywhere. Well, there's blood everywhere. Then, but that is in the fictional world. I think but, that's how they got away with it. But but then Burns is it's laughing. So oh, let's hear it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is one evil dude. It's just a movie, son. There's nobody that evil in real life. <laughs> God, it just—it's showing you what this whole episode shows you how much how much effort Harry Shearer used to put into Burns yeah, yeah. before he was just. But Burns man. is la- Burns is laughing at a window washer about to fall, yes. and they're they're nice enough to close the window so you only hear him fall. Die. But like that man's dead, so that's one real life death in this episode that just happens. <laughs> it's actually all in this scene. Three different dead, uh, three different deaths are mentioned. I think Burns killing him through inactivity is especially a cruel touch like i'm not going to get up but then the next dead body they talk about is Uh, the is the old union leader very clearly dead a reference to jimmy hoffa yeah so i looked this up uh the corpse in the football field is specifically to where union boss jimmy hoffa who disappeared Mm -hmm. and who uh was the subject of a uh jack nicholson Mm -hmm. uh uh, Danny Stone. DeVito. Danny no. DeVito is the director. Yeah, that's right. Uh, film Hoffa. So the urban legend was that he was buried in the giant stadium yeah. in New Jersey. Nobody was found, though, when they demolished the stadium in 2010. Well, so that's why I watched the Richard Kuklinski documentary, The Iceman Cometh. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what happened to him, but I'll tell you what I heard. And then he goes on to tell the most specific story ever <laughs> that I really want to believe that involves him like being crushed up into the very cars he was oh, doing something with. <laughs> And scattered out into the ocean. So the joke there is, which will keep coming, that unions are the most crooked thing and they're run by the mafia. That is the joke of this It episode. is a very, like, rude in the 70s. And I will say, uh, I think this uh, show, it's not their fault. They t- mm-hmm. kind of take unions for granted. I mean, unions are such a small fabric of our society today. All the producers are part of a union. They're part of a writer's union. And they yes. made a big stink when that union was challenged oh, yeah. and things like that. You won't but, pay us for webisodes? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, like, and, like, royalties and stuff. But I have to say, like, uh, as an adult, mm-hmm. I, have, I have two degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult, before I got this job a month mm-hmm. ago, my new job, I had benefits at a job for all of 10 months. That was the only time I had health benefits, dental benefits, uh, sick days, vacation days, things like that. That is our modern reality. It is so hard to find a job that actually gives you vacation yeah. days, gives you benefits. Uh, and just watching this episode was like, wow, as a kid, I didn't get any of this. Yeah. And I wondered if it was a lot easier just to find a job with benefits in 92, 93. I just, mm-hmm. uh, like, I don't know. I, I forget what I where I read the most about workers unions of the early 1900s just where like the american worker needed a lot of defense yeah yeah um, i mean like because like unions and, and what, an 80 hour work week's not good enough for yeah. you so like if you hate unions and activists and things like that they created your eight hour work day yeah. they made it so children don't get worked to death out of the womb they yeah. made it so you can take a sick day if your employer gives you one which is and which you don't have to in the Ohio reality anymore. is here people were for the opposite of yeah, that like yeah, they yeah. wanted they wanted the other way around but i this is the only level-headed one that it makes me laugh so much. It's very dated. It's one of my favorite things. Whenever I, I it reflects the '80s economy. Totally, like yeah, being yeah. afraid of Japan. That's and... my last left-wing rant, by the way. <laughs> come on, come on, crack those atoms! You turn out those pockets, atoms. And, th- and this is a flashback of Burns looking yeah. back on his grandfather and the plant he ran in 1909, which almost puts a very clear age on Mr. Burns? They make him only 90, I think, and I'm like only 90? Only 90. Oh, I believe in the uh, hair episode he said like, I'm 82. only 82. 82. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Uh, I, lo- I love this clip and I love this, this is squeaky voice teen is the you. Yes. Yeah. Come on, come on, crack those atoms. You, turn out those pockets. Atoms. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Six of them. Take him away. You can't treat the working man this way. 
One day we'll form a union and get the fair and equitable treatment we deserve. Then we'll go too far and get corrupt and shiftless. And the Japanese will eat us alive. The Japanese? Those sandal-wearing goldfish tenders? <laughs> Bosh, Flimsha. Flash forward. If only we had listened to that boy instead of walling him up in the abandoned coke oven. <laughs> well, I'm going to avenge my grandfather. We'll take on that greedy union and we'll get back our dental plan. He pointed also, it to it like a yeah. name in the phone book. Yeah. I'm like, that's what I want back. He All, just picked one thing to make the fight but I found But I found it fascinating as someone who worked for a Japanese company mm-hmm. and remembering, let's call it the Japanic Panic mm-hmm. uh, of the early 80s. I think it's literally called the Yellow Panic. I think it is. Yeah. I, well, I think, yeah. I think that, uh, there's some of that in 1942 comics that I remember reading something about mm-hmm. the Yellow Panic characters. For, yes. Yeah. Um, and, but like, um, it was, in this case, it was more economic. When I did grow up, my dad was really proud that he had a Sony TV because mm. it was a little pricier, but it'll never break because it's the most quality, high, high, efficient item on the planet. So were their cars, so were their cameras, so were their phones. Uh, and I, they, they were pioneering everything in video games, and they were pioneering everything in animation. And none of that is the case now. That's true. I mean, there's a joke in Back to the Future 3, which we just watched uh, Mm -hmm. not too long ago, where uh, Doc is scoffing at a thing made in Japan. And Marty's like, they make the best stuff. They make the best stuff. And, like, it's very weird. That was the attitude at the time the show was written. There was yeah. also this great joke in the uh, one of my favorite movies, Albert Brooks' is Defending Your Life. Oh, that movie's so good. Uh, they're flashing back to mistakes he made in his life, mm-hmm. and one of them was this guy trying to sell him Japanese watches, mm-hmm. Swatch, uh, before yeah. coming in, uh, or Seiko watches, I think it was. He sells them like... The Casio watch was the it, finest watch. Yeah, it, but... It, but Albert Brooks is like, you, yeah, the Japanese, come on. You, you know, you tell me you got a Swiss, wa- Swiss watch. I'll buy that. Come on. But they don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. No. And it would, it would have been worth $12 million. And we should point out that there is a nuclear power plant that burns his grandfather's opening uh, decades before any atoms were split. Somebody there was no steal- nuclear yes. power There's in 1909. There's a joke there we're over. Like, someone is stealing atoms. Yeah. It's an atom-smashing place of just... Guys hitting hammers onto anvils for nothing yeah. to smash atoms. It makes no sense, and he but counts, it's beautiful. Maybe this is like a senile, like, deluded fantasy of Burns. I'm not sure if it really happened, but I love just, like, the individual drawings of atoms yeah. in the guy's turned-out pocket. It's but great. The, but the mouth movements for the corrupt and shiftless sign are all off. They are, like, yeah. They're not, uh, but his Japanese reply is fitting like yeah. it, that fits the mouth movement so i wonder what was changed I love and, his inflection well he is alive yeah. I love and again they killed that kid too he says they walled him up in the old go-go he so, starved at starved to death yeah. yeah he's dead too so in this one just scene they're like three real deaths yeah. happened in the world two killed by burns anybody happened the coke oven it's uh, a Coke oven is like, I think Coke is like, okay, so a commenter is going to kill us for this, but it is Fine. like like a kind of coal, like a kind of thing that burns, I believe. Burns. Yes. So uh, you don't want to be walled up in that. <laughs> I like how Burns calls them the greedy union. We're going to get that. Greedy union. I think that's why they make it. It's kind of the Simpsons definitely in the 90s had a both sides suck attitude. Yeah. You'll see that quite a lot in Sideshow Bob Roberts, but it's in this too yeah. of... Well, Burns is the most evil, bloodless billionaire capitalist in the world. He's mm-hmm. horrible. 
but we can't just have it's not funny if the unions are awesome like yeah. the unions also have to be crooked and run inefficiently by idiots so. i think homer is too stupid to be crooked though in this yes. episode oh, he, he brags, he brags about being crooked yeah. well, we'll get to got that. a flash of the beast story of the uh, now for now painless dentistry formerly painful dentistry right. exactly. how often do you brush ralph three times a day sir why must you turn my office into a house of lies? Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't brush. <laughs> I don't brush. Let's look at a picture book. The big book of British smiles. <laughs> There's so many lines here that I ended up quoting forever. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. think that's why it's that time. Why must you turn blank into a house of lies is something I've said a billion times. I, I have so many. Uh, I have so much to say about this. House of Lies is now a show on Showtime. I mean, wow. well, not anymore. <laughs> house of oh, lies. my bad. <laughs> uh, but the, the British teeth just became, I feel like I'd never heard of joke about bad British teeth in American mm-hmm. stuff until this mo- until this show. And it is a core joke to Austin Powers. It is like, like part of his costume. Yeah. Yes. So this dentist character, does he have a name? Uh, no, he does not. He's delightfully okay. But I do know the behind-the-scenes story, I think. Bob Please. Yeah, Bob. I mean, so this is another instance of a late-season four episode that was supposed to have a guest star, but they couldn't find one, and they just did it anyways. Mm. Uh, they wanted Anthony Hopkins, uh, you know, Hannibal Lecter, and they wanted Clint Eastwood. They both turned it down. And so oh, then they days. wanted uh, Anthony Perkins, who played... Um, <gasps> Norman Bates Norman and Psycho. Bates. Unfortunately, he died of AIDS. Uh, so uh, they <laughs> just got Hank to do it. died September 1992. Yeah. This was March. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, it would have been so good. So I have a big book of British Smile story. Mm-hmm. I flew to the UK for my first time uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And the first person to greet me at customs... Freshen your drink, governor. ...could have been in this book. <laughs> and I felt yeah. like, I feel so bad. That's I'm thinking of a Simpsons joke, and I'm sorry about your teeth. But I think we Americans are more obsessed with teeth. We than, really uh, are. Yeah. I mean, the dentist, dental I wish I industry is oh, bullshit. But I think I mean, yeah. it's not... You need your teeth. Your but. teeth hurt as much as mine. Kind of wish, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had some uh, dental insurance. Switch with some, some gasoline, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be fine. But, uh, but yeah, in, like in other, in other cultures, like... Japan also has kind of a like they're they don't care as much about teeth either, but it's not mm-hmm. like the British Miles is a joke you could it's it it comes in the same place as the Austin Powers joke mm-hmm. of just seeing films starring British movie stars and if you look at your teeth their teeth they're like your teeth are fucked up like yeah I, they I let you on TV yeah there's I, a weird feeling I remember Christian Bale talked about how to do American Psycho mm-hmm. he had to have a perfect body for it he was supposed to be this perfect uh, vessel for a horrible thing and that included he had to have perfect teeth so they fixed his teeth for it because he's that committed to it Mm -hmm. uh in an interview he uh christian bale's welsh Mm -hmm. and he's like i miss my old teeth like (laughs) i wish i had my ugly teeth my teeth suck but they're uh, and i've heard him be made fun of for it they're about as bad as ricky gervais's oh (laughs) um that's it. He's got kind of like a, a fang kind of thing going it's on, but because and I, in hindsight, I'm I, I don't I don't have any anger at my parents for almost anything except for the idea that like why didn't I have braces? Like my teeth are fucked up. I was going to ask about that. Did and any of us have braces? Chris no, has it. I did. I, did not. Mm. I had. I had. Perfect. I had the entire works. I had okay. So first they put in a palate. Okay, first they have to pull out a bunch of teeth, mm. right. and then they put in a palate expander. Which, if you don't know, it's this thing that sits in the roof of your mouth. Yeah, it's meant to s- gradually spread open your uh, the, your oh. upper jaw. Wow. And so every day my mom had to like put a little key in and turn it so it would gradually push oh my, my teeth outwards. Ugh. And then I had braces for about three years, and uh, now I don't re- wear a retainer anymore. So I'm sure they're all shifting around, and I'm ruining all that all <laughs> uh, those years of work. But, but it, uh, it was. I remember like I was 
born in this era we were in the last days of like the serious headgear that Lisa will see later yeah I didn't know head anyone gear. who had that I there were like three four people I saw in, in my well, school that headgear head is I think partially inspired by Al Jean talks about how he wore that oh, okay. headgear that he on the uh, three men in a comic book commentary executive producer Al Jean talks about how he felt the nerdiest he ever did as yeah. a kid when he was at a comic convention wearing one of those <laughs> right. head pieces but uh, I never yeah I didn't a, have it I like to think that it's not that my teeth are perfect, like they mm-hmm. are, you know, slightly to the side. Well, oh, now they look horrible. Sweet. Don't even look at <laughs> <me>. but, <laughs> but I definitely, I always feel in my mouth like, well, this tooth is kind of to the side. <laughs> it could be straightened out. But I think, I definitely think my dad would have just said, that nah, that's that's bullshit. Nobody really I, needs braces. I, I'm not spending I, money on this. I begged for braces because everybody else had them. And I thought everybody had a cool dentist story. And then mm. there was one dentist place in my area. They were offering a free Game Boy. For any kid who to any kid who got braces, wow. Oh, wow! And like my parents wouldn't get me a Game Boy. Maybe they'll get me braces. So I begged and begged and begged and begged. Also, I think most dental plans would not cover braces because it's like a cosmetic thing. Uh, I think you can mm-hmm. they can argue against that now, huh. but I know I know I can't get it because I yeah. tried when I did have dental insurance. But those are. Uh, but then Lisa finding out she'll be so even more unpopular if she has braces. I'm so afraid little Lisa is going to need braces. Oh no! I'll be socially unpopular. More so. That is that really is a, that does seem like it should have been Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah. it would have been great. Why do you turn it? Down? I, I had it written down. He's delightfully sinister for no reason. Yeah, like, yeah. But I, I mean, that was that was my reflection as a kid in general. Just like, oh, this will this will make me more unpopular. I don't need. I'm already at a deficit here. I don't need. I don't need thicker glasses or. Part there's, of that social, one kid I could pick on still. That's part of that it. social deficit, Henry, was your love for wrestling. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Now stay tuned for professional wrestling live from the Springfield Crapolarium. Tonight, a Texas death match. Dr. Hillbilly versus the Iron Yuppie. One man will actually be unmasked and killed in the ring. Huh. I hope they kill that Iron Yuppie. Thinks he's so big. Homer, <laughs> Lisa worker. needs braces. Don't worry. We won a dental plan in the strike of 88. That's where I got this scar. What do we want? More equitable treatment in the hands of management. When do we want? Where's my burrito? Where's my burrito? Where's my burrito? See, that's not a joke I love, but I see reference constantly. (laughs) It's something, that phrase, where's my burrito, that chant, runs through my head every time I'm waiting for food. (laughs) Yeah. Every time. One day it's just going to slip out and you look like a total dick. (laughs) Unless I'm at Chipotle, (laughs) then it'll be fine. Until I moved to California, I'd never seen a taco truck before. This does feel like uh, an L.A. writery thing. Like a taco truck. For them to pin it to 1988, too. Like, that was the strike of 88, so that was Mm. 30, uh, sorry, 28. Eight years ago, and also right. I think there was a writer strike in '88, wasn't there? Uh, a yes. writers' guild strike. Yeah, yeah. or uh, I remember the writer strike well. <laughs> and uh, by the way, in a real Texas death match in wrestling, <laughs> that's what is, this is. It is not that a character. It is not that a wrestler is killed. Mm-hmm. A Texas death match is uh, hard to say. It's the same as a last man standing match, meaning mm. there's no pinfall, no submission. It's just one uh, wrestler. If one wrestler fails to get to a standing 10 count he loses so it's just about like clobbering the person until they're so unconscious mm. they can't get up 
for 10 seconds. Standing 10 count means the one person's on the ground, the other person is standing. Not to say that there haven't been double count outs in a Texas <laughs> death match. Oh, my word. Uh, let's move oh, back to the... De- that's a matter about, for uh, cheap podcast, I think. Uh, that tooth going through Lisa's head, one of my favorite that's, visuals. I mean, yeah. I, I lost a tooth. I knocked it out, and I have a really weird tooth thing. And it all makes... It, it's all kind of painful for me to watch. It, that I want, I want to go to the dentist so bad. <laughs> uh, but I just had to commit a light fraud to get health care just today. Uh, and I've never the used to Sprinkling put, of fraud. I've never used a pay toilet like Homer did mm-hmm. to get that. Have you ever used a pay toilet? I've never they're, used a pay toilet in my they're life. They're all over the city, but... Yeah, yeah, they have those, like, pay toilet booths, but I'm like, there's got, there's got to be some yeah, serious shit going can, on in there. I can think of a billion better places to shoot up mm-hmm. and jerk off. Like, why <laughs> would mean, I pay to... Uh, or either, have a baby. <laughs> I could either pay for this or get or get a 10-piece McNuggets in this shit yeah. there, you know? Like, <laughs> but, uh, let's move into the real... This uh, dental plan. Welcome, brothers, to Local 643. As you know, our president, Chucky Fitzhugh, ain't been seen lately. We're all praying he'll turn up soon, alive and well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, but seriously, we have to vote on Burns' new contract. It's basically the same deal, except we get a free keg of beer for our meeting. Yeah! And in exchange for that, we have to give up our dental plan. So long, dental plan! Dental plan! Lisa needs braces. Dental plan! Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. I, <laughs> I can't do the whole it thing. It goes on for 10 more seconds. It does. It's, 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 I don't so know. So we are edging closer and closer towards the rake joke. I said mm-hmm. rake joke, mm-hmm. by the way. Yes. And um, it is funny because no this is... No such thing as a funny rake joke, Bob. There is at least one inside show, Bob. <laughs> but um, it's funny that we, we treasure these moments so much, but really... It is desperate writers running out of time and needing to fill time, and they just did this as an experiment. Like, will this fly? And I believe Kogan and Wolodarsky, this was in their original script. Yeah. And they said on the commentary, they had to explain to other writers, including Al Jean, why this was funny. Because they, they mm-hmm. like the other writers thought it was a typo, mm-hmm. it was a mistype, but they're like, no, this is why it was funny. So they had yeah. to sell this idea to the, the higher-ups, to Al Jean and whatnot. It, it, is it because, like, the repetition is the funny part? or Yeah, it's like, like why would this repetition be funny? Did you, the, I did think you copy-paste this too many times? The like, Zoom makes it funny, and, yeah. and it's the... I think I mentioned it an episode or two ago, but the escalation of Homer's brain trying to figure the world out yeah. is increasingly funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had not really... I mean, at least uh, in my experience, I had not seen a joke like this mm-hmm. before. And at least get, this prolonged. You still get a nice butt-crack joke with Homer, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Dropping the pencil Thank Christ. There. Um, did the, you... Uh, uh, there's still more uh, of it. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. If we give up our dental plan... I'll have to pay for Lisa's braces. People, stop. We can't give up our dental plan. Lenny, without the dental plan, you wouldn't have that diamond in your tooth. Yoink. Yoink. And Gummy Joe, where would you be without that dental plan? I wouldn't have old Chomper here, that's for sure. (laughs) You know what I think of this contract? (laughs) This. Who is that firebrand, Smithies? That's Homer Simpson, sir. Simpson, eh? New man? (laughs) Actually, sir, he thwarted your campaign for governor. You ran over his son. He saved the plant from meltdown. His wife painted you in the nude. 
doesn't ring a bell. So that's, that's almost the end of the Burns not recognizing Homer joke. I think they're trying to seal that up, and I mm-hmm. think for this episode to work, Burns can't recognize yeah. Homer or understand that he's stupid because every stupid move Homer makes is yeah. considered a power play by Burns. <laughs> it wouldn't work if Burns doesn't know it, but this is also them fed up with doing the joke that Burns doesn't remember. Because they referenced real things that all real yes. things that happened. Yeah. And well, they haven't done that before. Who shot Mr. Burns is what kills it mm. because that is when he remembers like uh, who the devil are you? The baby ah. that shot me. <laughs> yeah, he does remember all those people but he needs to forget here. But also the uh, going through all that stuff. First off, the logo for the union that mm-hmm. is the mix of the uh, performing arts plus bakers plus uh, <laughs> jazz dancers. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And then Carl is the secret leader of the union. Yeah. Yeah. He nominates Homer yeah. to be in charge, but he's the leader. Like he is the one calling for votes. He is the one organizing the strikes. Carl, but he's letting the he's letting he. I think he nominates people to take the heat. As yeah, the he is Homer's see. supervisor. You know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Homer. That Homer Simpson be our new union president. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Nay. Congratulations, Homer. Hey, where did this job pay? Nothing. Don't. Unless you're crooked. Woohoo! <laughs> I love how the scene ends with two beer glasses like clinking yeah. into each other. Great, yeah. Two beer steins. Uh, that's how I want my. That's how I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and Being smashed on both sides of your head. Yeah, what a great. <laughs> And it was the second yoink in two episodes in a row. We first heard in Duffless. Now we're hearing it here. That was the first yoink, historically. Duffless? Duffless, (laughs) yep. And this is number number two. And old Gummy Joe, I miss him. He never showed back up I hope we never get to a place where prospector characters aren't funny. Yeah, I mean, that is a, okay, I know this. It's a Walter Brennan impression. So look that one up. Yeah, he's he's a classic uh, old cowboy, old West actor. (laughs) One of my favorite uh, Will Ferrell things I ever saw was it was on... The Will Ferrell DVD Best of SNL, mm. but it was one that never aired. It was one oh. of those dress rehearsal extras they put on there. It was, welcome to the army, guys. You guys are joining the army, and you're going to send you on a mission. And we've assigned you the old prospector, too. And they, they were just pretending that an old prospector is on every mission team in the <laughs> army. I've until, not seen this. Until at the end, they admit, like, Okay, he's just an actor we hired, and, <laughs> and and of course Jimmy Fallon is giggling the entire time. So uh, of course, uh, I've seen That's this. what he did. Uh, it's but very good. I'm skipping ahead. I just just Homer and Bur- the, the uh, innuendo, like the classic comedy <laughs> jokes that come from Homer and Burns negotiating. This is pretty great. There are two scenes like this. I yeah. like this one a lot, though. We don't have to be adversaries, Homer. We both want a fair union contract. Why is Mister Burns being so nice to me? And if you scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. Wait a minute. Is he coming on to me? I mean, if I should slip something into your pocket, what's the harm? Oh, my God. He is coming on to me. (laughs) After all, negotiations make strange bedfellows. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Burns, but I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Sure, I'm flattered. Maybe even a little curious. But the answer is no. When yeah. Homer says backdoor shenanigans, yeah. it only means butt sex. Yeah, like, it sounds like a, just one big Tobias Funke monologue he, from Rest of Development. He does. Yeah. He is kind of curious about having sex with Mr. I Burns. I love that. Maybe when offered the chance, he's like, oh, maybe. It's, I, uh, it's fine to be curious, but with an 80-year-old man. Sex with old people is gross. You're going <laughs> to have sex with a man. Like, it wouldn't. why would Burns yeah. be your... <laughs> he should have fucked Carl. There'll be no measure two. of tolerance that'll erase that. It's <laughs> disgusting. Um, and, uh, but yeah, Homer dreaming up his... Is this the second 
act mm -hmm. is all movie references. Yeah. It is so many. Like, it goes straight into just a scene from Godfather 2. It yeah. is the flashback where... <laughs> a little the, tiny piece uh, of that. That's a nice donut. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's from the flashback in, in uh, Godfather Part 2 where Robert De Niro mm -hmm. as... Don Corleone. Corleone is going after is stalking mm -hmm. the old boss and he's mm -hmm. going to kill him mm -hmm. and it's the same sepia tone and everything and it reminds me back when uh, Italians were a distinct culture mm -hmm. as an Italian welcome yeah. to white town <laughs> yeah, yeah. population you that's, that's, that's the whole point of all this we're honorary whites now it's mm -hmm. great mm -hmm. if only everyone could assimilate <laughs> I got a last name with a vowel but it's, it, it doesn't seem to affect me mm -hmm. anymore unfortunately you can't <laughs> uh, oh boy <laughs> I don't want to. Get How about you moving to movie references? Because yeah, yeah. I just love, I love all the Beatles being murdered. I love a, a lazy Opus, Beatles Opus. impression. Yeah. Look, fellas, it's Lisa in the sky. No diamonds, though. Look out for the canopy drawing of Queen Victoria. God help us! Help us! I love the fact. Help us! Help us! It's a beautiful sequence, by the way. This definitely inspired me to watch Yellow Submarine as a kid. And Lisa tripping for the second time in this season. And that moves right into like, okay, let's be honest. You didn't get like ninety percent of the Simpsons movie references. This is the first big one I got. The Simpsons did it more than once. The mirror. Oh. The mirror. Love it. I just I, like I never. Bat, Tim Burton's Batman. That scene and makes no sense to you. It doesn't. You, no. then you didn't see the 1989 Batman. Film. Yeah, but it's like I, there were no other movie references that were being, referencing movies I had and watched regularly on VHS. But the this scene, is the only uh, one in a few years where Krusty gets breasts. Yes, the does same that reference thing. this too? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, they I really mean, love Batman '89. I think they saw it together. As they a all team. saw it yeah. together. They talk about how that was that was how close they were in the first season, mm -hmm. and they slowly grew apart to show you how close together the pact this episode is at the start of that clip you're hearing the reverb from the yeah. beatles scene that just oh, ended like right. it plays into the next so one. i do I love this episode i think there's plenty of great places for animation composition especially in that scene but it is fucking all over the place like the grounded heart of the simpsons is non-existent in this episode and, mm -hmm. and they talk and, they talk in the commentary too how the yellow submarine thing Covered all their bases legally. Like, no, no, no. It's a purple submersible. Yes, <laughs> and uh, that's not a blue meat. Everybody it's lives in a purple submersible. <laughs> well, purple that's again Arrested Development jokes. They like it did work with Yellow Submarine, but who uh, who can afford that? <laughs> a big yellow boat. A big yellow boat. <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. Thank you guys so much for listening, and if you like listening to stuff, it's a good thing this episode is brought to you by Audible. And before I tell you more about it, know that you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of all Audible is. What is Audible? They've got over 180,000 different titles to choose from, ranging from audiobooks, comedy albums, radio shows, some of my favorite old-timey radio shows, and you can listen to them all on your iPhone, Android, MP3 player, desktop, tablet, doesn't matter, wherever you can plug in headphones. Audible's got all your, your bestsellers, your Game of Thrones, your Harry Potters, the latest biography from whatever comedian is you like, and they have become my go-to place to get audiobooks for an incredibly low cost. 
So once again, that's Audible, people. And you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of the service. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1986. My Pet Monster was a toy phenomenon that had no backstory. Yeah. He eventually got a cartoon show where it stars a monster and his, his monster friends. Yeah. This movie's about a little kid who's transformed into that My Pet Monster, the popular toy hmm. from American Greetings. My Pet Monster was a roughly child-sized doll really that big. was full of stuffing and had like a, a cuddly body and mm-hmm. arms, but his face was hard plastic. You, with, could, you could break a tooth oh, on his yeah. teeth. <laughs> it was wow. not messing around. On his like, big old dick nose. The cartoon is him as a monster being I a monster. Bestest, friend. And then this yeah. movie is, what if a little boy became a monster? It's not the direction I expect them to go. I expect them exactly. to, like, he finds the monster yeah. and the monster's his best friend. What do you this? Actually, that's, uh, that's my pet monster. It's grotesque, isn't it? It's disgusting. Yeah, you can tell it's 1986 because exactly. the music is from 1956. Well, he's my pet. <laughs> <laughs> my pet he's my monster, uh, pet. monster pet. monster pet. This movie stars... Wacky pet. <laughs> <laughs> I do have the commercial here for the toy. My pet monster. He's bigger than big. When he fights battles, he always wins. And he's your friend, too. He breaks his chains. Put him on you and break away, too. With my pet monster, you're busting loose. What a transcribe that commercial and just make that my resume. Right? <laughs> I help people and I scare people and I break about all the handcuffs. And I got PowerPoint too. <laughs> Be careful, somebody could accidentally hire Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> That's 302010, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Time Network. I love the hired goons joke. Who is it? Goons. Who? Hired goons. Hired goons. But I don't. They're, I, they're bringing Homer back to Burns, but I don't understand the second joke at the, all. The second joke is Homer still doesn't understand that they were hired goons. And I, 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 I got this joke for the first time this time. It's I a You know, you could have just called me. Oh, yes, but the telephone is so impersonal. I prefer the hands on touch you only get with hired goons. Hired goons? I don't get it! He doesn't get it when there are two imposing men yes. that are going to drag him away. And after they drag him away, he still doesn't get that there were two imposing men who did drag him away. It's just that he's so stupid. And yeah. I, think it's the, I think it's the same voice clip of Hired <laughs> yeah. Goons. Like, uh, but, oh, we skip over, but the sugar daddy on Homer's back. I like yeah. that little joke. Yeah. I haven't seen a sugar daddy in years. I love Well, him. so in the 70s, sugar became a bad word. Mm-hmm. So I think that shows That's you right. that sugar daddy... Was the was the gutter of candies because it was like no we're keeping our name we're sugar daddies yeah. but it's designed to just tear out your dental work yeah. Oh, yeah I was gonna say enemy of dentists everywhere yeah. and sugar daddies were like and the sugar trash. baby sounds racist because uh-huh. if I got a sugar baby or sugar daddy mm-hmm. in my like Halloween candy I would certainly eat it because oh, I'm yeah. a fat little pig but <laughs> but. It would be low on the totem pole. But it was a lollipop you could manipulate the shape of. It was, it was part beautiful. of the family. It was like Mary Jane and Bitto Honey, like all the ancient <laughs> oh, yeah, candy that would just honey. rip up your yeah. teeth. Yeah, Abbas, Prospector Abbas. candy. Yeah. The same reason why old Gummy Joe has, has his problem. This, oh, this is almost oh, my line of the show. The monkey typewriter. Yes. Yes. So good. This is a thousand monkeys working at a thousand typewriters. Soon, they'll have written the greatest novel known to man. Let's see. 
It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. <laughs> so I think that's, that's what, this episode feels so disjointed. I, feel, I, I follow a, a Simpsons Instagram account that I love, Simpsons IG. It's just five-second Simpsons clips mm-hmm. all day long. And I've seen these a billion times, and I can never attribute them to one episode because it's so all over the place yeah. and disjointed. Not at all connected. And this, I mean, going to Burns' house, there's just like, let's think of funny jokes yeah. that would be in Burns, a rich man's house. But, oh, you know this. Okay. The Infinite Monkey yes. Theorem is yes. what it's called. It is a long, popular way to illustrate the idea of infinity. Uh, according to the wiki page, uh, the first person in, on record to bring it up is Emile Borel mm-hmm. in, or in 1913. And in 1928, Arthur Eddington put it thusly. If an army of monkeys were strumming on typewriters, they might <laughs> write all the books in the British Museum. It doesn't mean that monkeys will. Yeah. It, it takes infinite time to make it. Mm-hmm. Just through, It's to explain that if you were to do anything randomly infinitely, mm-hmm. then it might happen. But it means to say that just because something is improbable, mm. it does mean it's basically impossible. Yeah, like, the, the Wikipedia page for this has like logical proofs and like in like actual mathematical formulas printed mm-hmm. out about this. This is such a Harvard joke then in the episode because uh, my mom had to explain this one to me. I had never heard of it before as a kid. The uh, just the idea that it was supposed to. I had heard all the works of William Shakespeare. Yeah, in the, in the, I, not the British Museum. It. Yeah, same here. Which they probably have. I would say a little bit of Shakespeare in there. <laughs> At least a few quotes. But it's all leading up to another innuendo. Burns should not end the tour in the basement. I love how crappy it's like it's like everybody's basement. There's a they're they're sitting at a ping pong table. I wish we could have afforded a ping pong table. Yeah, I love those things. I didn't have one. Now, let's get down to business. Oh man. I really have to go to the bathroom. Why did I have all that beer and coffee and watermelon? Now, Homer, I know what you're thinking, and I want to take the pressure off. It doesn't take a whiz to see that. You're looking out for number one. Well, listen to me and you'll make a big splash very soon. Which way to the bathroom? Oh, it's the 23rd door on the left. Nope. 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 Uh, You wouldn't even hear me out. Uh, Find the bathroom all right? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so Homer pissed in some random yeah. corner. Yeah. It feels it feels almost too dirty for The Simpsons, but the scene just happened with a lot of gay jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I don't know. More rock and blue. Than, than usual. I think they were just giggling to themselves, like we got to put all these pee jokes on TV. And I don't mean to bash this episode. I think this is them finding that they can walk a really awesome line between heart. The and Foley just, is great. Yeah. Just listening to it. Like if I had to pee now, I would really have to get up. Uh, also, the helicopter scene is again <laughs> so good. Like how. Like, Burns should be in traction the rest of the episode, yeah. but they just forget it. They're just like, ah, it's funny. Like, the sound of well, his head hitting the chimney. So, yeah. yeah. Kogan and Wolodarski wrote Bart the Daredevil, mm-hmm. and they wrote this one, so it's a callback to <laughs> yeah. that scene of Homer's, like, smashing his head on the gurney as the, the, the helicopter picks him up. And also, Marge getting her hair chopped off, like, it doesn't, it's just, <laughs> it's just gone. It's fixed in the next scene. That is the fateful moment where, the, if it was planned out as they had planned it, Marge's bunny ears would appear. Ah, uh, yes. And Matt Green seems slightly ashamed of that idea, he was, and they were like, wasn't that your idea, Matt? He's like, yeah, before it was on Tracy Ullman, before it came, became popular in a yeah, series. And he's, he's like, <laughs> I didn't actually do it. Or yeah. he says, like, did I tell you that? On other ones, he's just like, did I tell you that? Oh, man. <laughs> but Marge's bunny ears do appear in the Simpsons arcade, arcade game. game. What yeah. a, like, the deepest of cuts. Yes. How do they yeah. have this information? I don't know. Well, it's that in the original Ninja Turtles game. They have no... They have no template to base anything off of. So yeah. anything on paper. I mean, the original DuckTales game, I think, is like that. Like A bit, yeah. It's... It, 
it's kind of a cheap joke, but I do just love like Homer punches Lenny in the back of the head. He yeah. says he's gonna do it, yeah. and he does it, and just Lenny's reaction like, Pfft. you know, all that stuff is great. Like I love this this scene of uh, picture day where Lisa says to get her picture with braces. Skinner has a great. Not on those cowlicks. Straighten that part. Uncross those eyes, Mister. But I can't. Oh, sorry, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> or quickly. Kid quickly. We never we never saw quickly uh, again. But this is another line I said all the time because I again we said that in the religious episode that I hadn't really heard anybody express atheist sense. Pretty subversive for ninety three. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, honey, smile. I bet you've got a beautiful smile. Why don't you share it with the world? <gasps> there is no God. <laughs> <laughs> Shakes the faith of that guy to the core. Oh, poor Lisa. But he screams it at an elementary schooler. Yeah, it doesn't look that bad. But, but also the dog riding for her. I was like, oh, poor Lisa. In, in the A story, uh, they have to negotiate the strike. and uh, They have to negotiate with Burns, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Fellow workers, I've been meeting with Mr. Burns day and night, and I've had enough. Strike! 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 All in favor of a strike? Aye. All opposed? Nay. Who keeps saying that? <laughs> it was him. <laughs> Let's get him, fellas. It's <laughs> a so violent fight. <laughs> I love how buff he is, too. Yeah. Um, can, I feel like you can hear Dan Castellaneta holding yeah. his cheeks yeah. on it. I think in the season four wrap-up, we should calculate how many times did Droopy race. Yes, Droopy was dog. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's in this one. He was the conscience in uh, Duffler. He's no, the, the, le- the recruiter for the communist parody. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. This is better than and, and again, Day. Carl's the one calling for the strike. <laughs> he's a shadow leader of this. It's he's true. Homer the take puppet all the master. Heat. Steve so, Bannon to Homer's Trump. Uh, um, but so in the third act... <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Homer says two lines. Mm. Like, he really kind of just falls That's true, back. yeah. The longest scene here I have a clip of because I love it. I did read something a long time ago about Strike Breakers, and I love their outfits because it's all like... You mean the Pinkerton? Yeah, yeah well, yes. just that the, the, they look like... You know, what, people stopped dressing like that after the Nazis. And they're all yeah. tattered, too. Like, yeah. they, they pulled them out of storage. And it, this is an amazing... <laughs> Smithers, get me some Strike Breakers. The kind they had in the 30s. We can't bust heads like we used to, but we have our ways. One trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. Like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel for my shoe. So I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt. Which was the style at the time. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel. And in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five peas for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones. I hope uh, that's improvised. There's I really so do. many lines uh, I like. Uh, they didn't have white onions which because was of the, the style war. Which the was the style of the time. It's yeah. another coin yeah. phrase I hear people yes. say so much. And also, what's great about this is that um, Burns is bored by this, and he's older than them. <laughs> he's older than them. He yeah. should remember all these things. And, and one sheet I think this should have been addressed is like Smithers knows Homer is stupid. He never tries to intervene yeah. like Mr. Burns. He's stupid. He, you don't true. know this. He should just yeah. say, like, he really isn't this great negotiator, but Smithers there's kind of has to just stand back. That's true. And yeah. One of my favorite jokes is they're like Adam West Batman esque 
trip to the secret room where the screen door yes, is open yeah. and he kicks a fucking dog. Uh, it's so and, cr- uh, <laughs> But also, in the continuity of Simpsons, Shelbyville's always been Shelbyville. Yeah, it was founded true. by Shelbyville, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So it, it oh, was I never doubt, Morganville. Also, I doubt American Currency had pictures of bumblebees on it. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm guessing we should just say, like, well, it's just all... It's the same as Grandpa thinking he invented the turlet. And the Kaiser stole our word for 20. <laughs> yeah. Dickety. Yeah. So, but as a kid, too, I was like, wait, Byrne should remember these things. He doesn't yeah. need to be reminded they put onions on belts. He'd remember that. Well, he doesn't know not to say. But also, co- he should remember that he served in World War Two with A <laughs> yes. on the same team. Continually, he forgets this. Uh, he forgets all, well, not all Simpsons, not Maggie. Uh, but it, oh, he also but, uh, he also forgets that you can't say cock on network television. <laughs> Ooh, look at him strutting around like he's cock of the walk. Well, let me tell you, Homer Simpson is cock of nothing. <laughs> Why, you and I can huh. run this plant ourselves. I love the sequence of them running the plant. Was, wait, was Smithers acknowledging that a gay joke? Yes. I think he had the word cock in it. In mm-hmm. hindsight. Yeah. Hearing the word cock made him, he had to react in some That's way. That's him saying delicious. Yeah. Well, and speaking of forgetful, the writers are forgetful. They're like, Lisa's playing the guitar. She has never played the guitar before, and never she, had before. And she's better, arguably, better playing this guitar than playing the sax. Do you they know anyone that. in your life who can play classical gas? Or play know. the guitar? They can't play classical gas. <laughs> it's impossible. So we'll march day and night by the big cooling tower. They have the plant, but we have the power. classical gas Boy, they kill a lot of time with this. Yep. <laughs> so, Classical Gas, written by Mason Adams in 1968. Yes. It, the official title is Classical Gasoline. It's meant to be like a fuel for your guitar, like a mm. standard for the guitar. It's an instrumental track. And apparently he was like the musical director on the Smothers Brothers Yeah, he show. would play it on yeah. the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, which popularized it. It became a standard, mm. like, and it's one that gets covered all the time because no singer on it it's an instrumental track so yeah. anybody can cover it and i watched a youtube video for the fingering and easy I'll, I'll yeah. get him for the for the playing of the song mm-hmm. and they get it as close as they can but to play a guitar you need five fingers or you yeah. pretty much do need five fingers so you can't Oh, you yeah, issues with everything, Hank. You, you can play a need... banjo, I think, right? I, I Four think strings? So, yeah, Maybe? I, I mean, know. just with a fingering on it. like So I, I couldn't tell if it was exactly accurate. But mm. again, Lisa, I think the writers just went like, Lisa's musical, she'll just play the guitar yeah, now. That's, that's in the commentary, like, I guess she can play guitar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do we have Homer's appearance on Smart Line? Bobby, that is my... Ooh. The joke line of the show because it makes me laugh the most and has several dozen great lines okay. packed within it. Let's let's hear it. Done. Smart line. The power plant strike. Argle bargle or foofara. With us tonight are plant owner C. M. Burns, Union Kingpin Homer Simpson, and talk show mainstay Dr. Joyce Brothers. I brought my own mic. Mine too. Yes. Well, <laughs> Homer, organized labor has been called a lumbering dinosaur. Ah! Uh, my director is telling me not to talk to you anymore. Uh, Mr. Burns, you mentioned you wanted an opening tirade. Opening tirade. Yes, thank you, Kent. Fifteen minutes from now, I will wreak a terrible vengeance on this city. No one will be spared. No one! <laughs> a chilling vision of things to come. <laughs> that, that was very who shot Mr. Burnsy this plan, I think. I, yes. I feel like it's his first, like, 
thing that affects the entire town. It is instantly. super villainy. Yeah. It's oh, classified. In, in any other world, haha, chilling vision of things to come <laughs> delivered with that happy cadence. And we have one death, Chris. Uh, the guest Do star we? who got five words oh, in one right. line Dr. Joyce Brothers. Death stalks you at every turn. Ah, there it is, death. Uh, Sorry, she Dr. died Joyce. in May 2013 at age 85, and she was a pop psychologist authority when it was very hard for a woman to be an authority on anything outside of, like, a house cleaning and things she, like that. Like, was, dear Heloise. She was a constant on talk shows, an expert on just about every talk show. It was her or Dr. Ruth. They'd get in yeah. either one of Dr. those. Dr. Ruth way better at fucking, though. And she <laughs> beat the $64,000 question, I think the only what? woman, and they were out to get her. They purposely chose questions that she, they Secret thought show. she couldn't answer. Yeah. So we, we covered that in an earlier episode. But she was not the original choice. For the voice there. Oh my god, you're right. So they originally had on the panel or in the script OJ Simpson. The juice. And he turned them down and they were forever grateful after, say, 1994. They were very grateful that he turned them down. It's him or Chris Benoit. Oh, God. <laughs> so they <laughs> almost Blake. had, in, in another world, he was on The Simpsons. I hope so. he dies before this episode comes out. <laughs> if only. Uh, uh, yeah, so he, that that's, they, they're very happy they didn't have that. That lumbering dinosaur line, I love it, but like, where, like, that's just made up. Like, that or that wasn't in there. That's what writers do. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, they Built, play yeah. the same two seconds, like, three times in a row. Talk- made up in timeliness like i've said sadly over and over again we'll we won't get another christmas episode time with christmas here ever but thank god it's a, this will release around the holidays there's a beautiful grinch reference in yeah. here oh burn says he's gonna enact his revenge in 15 minutes yes i think not did he go from the smart line offices straight back to you're in full the, comic book guy mode tonight straight back to the nuclear power plant and then walk through all that security <laughs> stuff and then turn off all the power there's a like good uh, there's a good moby dick reference yes uh, from hell's heart i stab at the though it could also be seen as a star trek wrath of khan reference uh. because that's what khan says right before he presses is the self-destruct button right about on that. his ship. So but could be either. Henry, you want to talk stuff made up. I think a lot yeah. of stuff Byrne says here is, is completely made up. Mm-hmm. Look at them all through the darkness I am bringing. <laughs> They're not sad at all. They're actually singing. They sing without juices. <laughs> they sing without blenders. <laughs> they sing without flungers, cap dabblers, and smendlers. Tell Simpson I'm ready to deal. <laughs> how quickly like that's like I've never seen a like let's end this joke yes well I mean this is the second time we've seen Burns become Susie and we saw that before in Blood Feud when they're going up the escalator like a fantabulous grabulous gift (laughs) it's true yeah I love the Grinch and and he just he makes the perfect Grinch face yeah and and sorry Smithers is Max the dog he's pulling on him the same way he pulled on Max's collar and Chuck Jones is alive to see the reference and Phil Roman worked (gasps) on the show the Grinch who stole Christmas he loved that they animated it. He yeah, I really appreciated that. And it is uh, it is the special to watch. People, it holds up the best. By the way, then um, in spring of '92, were the LA riots. So <laughs> I feel like there. That's why there's a riot. I think they episode. said as much on the commentary. Yeah, yeah. and like uh, they were far away from them, but people would be walking in the office like you're still here. Go home. There's riots. <laughs> and like we we're nowhere near where they're happening. Mm-hmm. That, but I think they were sent home eventually. That that joke of like power kept, outage yeah. flashing across the electrical <laughs> yeah. marquee. That's great, yeah. It's something I never picked up on, but beautiful. 
And again, Homer says almost nothing. He yeah. screams, woohoo, <laughs> and then runs in a circle. I love That's that animation. Great, great animation. And it, I appreciate even the looping on it. And again, our, our second Curly in like two episodes. All right, Homer. You can have the dental plan on one condition. You must resign as head of the union. <laughs> Smithers, I'm beginning to think that Homer Simpson was not the brilliant tactician I thought he was. <laughs> go to hell. Go to hell. Go to hell. That'll fill some time. Yeah. Uh, that should be my fucking ringtone. Right. Did you, as a kid, did you ever try to do that oh, yeah. yourself? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was filled with energy. I could totally get it done. And this is one of two episodes in a row where the Simpsons end the show laughing in a medical facility yes, hallway. I love right. it. Yeah. Oh, honey, you can hardly see your new braces. And that's the tooth. <laughs> Oops, I left the gas on. <laughs> Few things make me happier than Lisa and Homer cackling at the same thing. Yeah, yeah I it's love beautiful. It. And uh, and man, now I wish that was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, me that too. Would be amazing. We missed out on something. But it is it is a parody of a lame sitcom closing joke, but it still is a lame sitcom. It's closing still joke, pretty lame. Yeah, it is fun to hear them laugh together yeah. though. But it is also them saying like, "Let's just end this." Like, look, we gotta get her these braces, but they also have to explain that you can't see the braces because they can't change the way Lisa's gonna be. They're still there, everybody. Uh, <laughs> right, Barney's hair or anything. Yeah, <laughs> and right before that is the fake vomit thing turning back on. I did love that and yep. the. Adam and Adam movie theater. That was funny too, though, yeah. and the horny toad. Yeah. So yeah, this episode, I, I feel like it is uh, emblematic of their kind of uh, panicky senioritis mm. towards the end of season four. And uh, Henry and I were talking, it's just like, they didn't, act. the people who wrote these episodes didn't finish them. They wrote them, did some mm. of the production, and then left to do other stuff, and like season five people had to come in and finish these. So they mm. were just like, there's a ticking clock, they're going to leave, do other projects, some people maybe not. Mm. And you can feel them trying to be like, we need to get these episodes done. Mm. We're all overworked, we're going to see that in the next episode, which is a result of them being overworked. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... Uh, but that, so much of this episode just lives on, like, the um, the whole a- Abe Simpson, you know, uh, story, the Grinch mm. reference. I mean, even though it doesn't hold together as a story, I feel like the parts that are salvageable are the things that are the most memorable from mm-hmm. the, the series. But it's not my – I don't think it's the best episode in the it's show. It's so – it's so sweaty, but in a good way. Like it's working. It's working hard to just keep you entertained with constant movie references. Yeah. Like I think in a season two episode, the pitch sounds like a season two episode. Homer becomes the union boss and goes to war with Burns, but the episode's like half interested in that, yeah. and it just fills the rest with movie references. <laughs> You're totally right about that. Yeah. yeah. It was like a non-serious, non-heartfelt approach to like workers' rights. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd put this anywhere near my top twenty at this point. Mm. There's there's a lot of great references and a lot of great lines, but it, this is I find no comfort in this episode mm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Not the same comfort I find in. The, Almost everything else we've watched in season four so far. But it's not bad. No, no, yeah, not, not, not by it. any means. But not up there with Plow or Monorail yeah. to me of what yeah. we've watched so far, let alone to most season five episodes. But like Rosebud blows this out of the water for me. I totally but, agree. Uh, yeah. But I think this still has some of the best moments in the mm-hmm. series and quotable quotes yeah. I've said a million times. Like over a dozen a unforgettable lines. Like I've uh, said that a million times. Yeah. This, I, what is I, the fucking title referencing? 
uh, the book Last Exit to Brooklyn, which is about a corrupt union boss getting his comeuppance, Thank I believe. You. I had yeah. no idea. No idea. It, it makes no sense. Whenever anybody says, like, what episode is that? <laughs> and I'm shocked. I would sometimes get it confused with Springfield with a dollar sign, which yeah. is uh, the, the Mall gambling, uh, the gambler oh. episode. Yes, yes. And, uh, I call him Gambler. But also with all this union stuff, it's shocking they didn't get something for like on the waterfront in yeah, here. That's you true, that yeah. It would be like perfect for it. But oh, well. pretty good. Better Not than my number one, one favorite. Uh, for sure. <laughs> a lot are. Most are. So, yes. Maybe I promise a shorter episode next time. Yes. Uh, this has been Talking Simpsons, everybody. Thanks so hey, much for baby. listening. I've been your host, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I write for somethingawful.com and fandom.com every day. Mm-hmm. And you can find my other podcast, Retronauts, every Monday at retronauts.com or usgamer.net is a classic gaming podcast everyone that you've seen on this show or listened to rather have been on it and if you like old games or games in general you should like the show pick an episode based on a topic you like and you should dig it everybody else where can we find you lasertimepodcast.com baby where we're doing shows like laser time 302010 talking simpsons vga video game apocalypse uh and the patreon exclusive bonus time patreon.com slash laser time is your gateway to another weekly show every day with people like us i'm sorry i don't know what else to do and I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Please follow me there for all my political <laughs> sadness. Uh, and also it also tweets about video games. And my main job, though, is to write about video games. Also for Fandom.com, like Bob. And I want to plug that this show and all those Laser Time shows are made possible by the generous support of people Thank on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. I don't get any money for, from it because I already got a full-time job. But this is what pays for Chris and the boys to yeah. do this full-time. And... Just $5 a month not only helps them out, but it also gets you access to the first season of Talking Simpsons and all the great uh, bonus episodes we did for Talking Simpsons for season two, three, and four wrap-ups. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the Simpsons Clip Show. Yes, we are doing it. See you then. infotainment when facing a family law matter it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process it's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help it's stangy law firm we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day visit familylawrepresentation.com to schedule your consultation that's familylawrepresentation.com stangy law firm here to help you rebuild your life stangy law firm has an office in wichita kirk stangy 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.